KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. Hey, it's Friday, June 17th. Freedom Riders commemorated a new San Diego exhibit. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. We have an update on the first two probable cases of monkeypox in San Diego County. Health officials first announced the cases on Wednesday. Now we know the two cases are unrelated to each other, but both individuals recently traveled internationally. They are both in isolation and are symptomatic, but doing well. Monkeypox is a viral infection that can spread through contact with bodily fluids, sores on the body, or shared items. Symptoms include fever, headache, chills, and a rash. The San Diego Rep is admitting errors in response to allegations of racism and misogyny at the theater. The cast of the Rep's recent show, The Great Con, made the allegations in a letter posted on Instagram. On Wednesday, following a KPBS report on the allegations, The theater's artistic director emailed a statement acknowledging some errors. He wrote in part, quote, To all those who were affected during the making of The Great Con, we offer our sincere apologies. Prior to the allegations, the theater announced it will temporarily shut down operations on Sunday. Construction of new housing in San Diego is down 5% compared to this time last year. Data from the Real Estate Research Council of Southern California said Nearly 3,000 building permits were pulled in the first three months of the year. The majority of the permits pulled in for the first quarter of this year were for multifamily housing, according to reporting by the San Diego Union-Tribune. Last year was a strong year for new housing construction in the San Diego area, with more than 10,000 homes being built. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. As you probably know, Sunday is Juneteenth, the commemoration of the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. The federal holiday follows on Monday, and on the eve of the historic holiday, there is a new exhibit presented by the San Diego African American Museum of Fine Art at the Courtyard. The exhibit marks the 60th anniversary of the Freedom Riders. The buses are coming, includes historic photographs, videos, and interviews. KPBS's M.G. Perez spoke with the museum's executive director, Gady Finney. Here's their conversation. Take us back in history. Who were the Freedom Riders and what did they accomplish in the civil rights movement? The Freedom Riders were people that felt it necessary to challenge the segregation that was happening in the South because the uh, Congress had passed the um, law making it illegal to have separate and equal places in the bus stops and the airports. And in the South, they didn't do it. They just left them like that and let people just segregate it. And so the people of the Freedom Riders, it was organized by the Congress of Racial Equality to have people go down there and they trained them in nonviolent protest. 
the first 13 of them went down there traveling from D.C. Uh, going to New Orleans. But when they got to Aniston in Alabama, the Ku Klux Klan, the FBI, and the governor all said, you have 15 minutes to kill, maim, hurt, whatever you want to do to those people, and nobody will stop you. So they did. They beat them up, firebombed the bus and all that. And then when these people got out of the hospital, they decided to keep going. Not only did they decide to keep going, but they had other people coming down behind them, right? So this was a very, very dangerous thing for people to do. They risked their lives. They signed their last will and testament before they went down there. They thought they might be killed, but they went anyway to make these changes. And what happened was, as the buses kept coming, there were some 300 or so people came down on these buses from May through September, and they put them in jail in Parchment Prison in Mississippi, one of the worst prisons in the world. And when they got there, before they put them in prison, they took mugshots. And the mugshots are the basis for this exhibit. So all 300 or so mugshots are in the exhibit. And we surrounded the exhibit with actual other images from the era. When you think about the war that's going on now in the Ukraine, for instance, and those people who are expats going back to fight and risk their lives, it's very similar. In other words, it's not a war, but these people went there risking their lives to be maimed, hurt, or killed to make a change in the United States. And they were successful. So tell us about the exhibit. What can visitors expect? So when we started working on the exhibit, we wanted to find a San Diego connection. And oddly enough, the civil rights, the Freedom Writers, the musical that has been produced on Broadway was written and produced by two San Diegans. And so we had a uh, CD release party and they asked us to help with that back in, uh, I think it was December, early December. And it was so powerful. Everybody who was at that release were riveted. They didn't move out of their seats. It was amazing to see people just riveted to the screen and listening to this musical. Well, at the end of that release party, the two guys from San Diego who produced the video asked if they could open our exhibit with the musical. And I said, yes, let's do that. And whatever it costs, we'll figure it out. So we raised the money to bring them here. So at the opening of our exhibit, the Freedom Writers, the musical will be here and done at the exhibit at the courtyard. This is really living history. You mentioned that some of the actual Freedom Writers will be there. How did you get them together for the exhibit? The 60th anniversary of the Freedom Writers would have been last year in 2021. And as we tried to work, as we worked on our project, I also contacted the Freedom Writers Museum in Mississippi, the New York contingent who was putting together the national exhibit of the Freedom Writers, Lou Zuckman. And I started to touch base with all of them. And lo and behold, because of COVID, they decided not to have the big exhibit in New York. And I said to them, why don't we have it here in San Diego? And their, their answer was, sure, we will come. And then I started contacting, because they had a big list of all the people that are alive. Remember now, they were 25 years old, potentially, in 1961. So there are not a lot of the Freedom Writers left. I think there's some 60 left, but we were able to get around seven of them to come here. The buses are coming. Opening celebration is today at 5 p.m. The exhibit will be on display through September 7th. COVID vaccines for the youngest kids could be going into arms as early as next week. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman has more on the recent authorization by the FDA. Federal regulators say the benefits of COVID vaccines in kids as young as five outweigh any risks. As with adults, the doses are found to give protection against serious illness and death. The dose is lower, but it's exactly the same in every other way. 
Rady Children's Hospital infectious disease specialist Dr. Mark Sawyer sat on the FDA committee that authorized vaccines for kids under five. Pending CDC approval, children could be receiving the doses as early as next week, something that some parents have been waiting a long time for. There is a subset of parents who continue to be very concerned about COVID and COVID exposures, so much so that they've isolated their children from all of their regular activities. And this vaccine is going to provide reassurance. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. The possibility of more summertime beach closures in the South County has beach communities and county officials at odds. KPBS Environment reporter Eric Anderson explains. Polluted water postings are up sharply in Imperial Beach and Coronado since May. San Diego County Department of Environmental Health's Heather Bonomo says better testing is revealing more pollution. These are the only beaches where we're experiencing these increased closures. Imperial Beach Mayor Serge Dedina wants to make sure the beaches are actually polluted. He says wind and ocean currents should be part of the equation. The county rolled out a new testing methodology. We're closing beaches when the city of San Diego tests for the old The old testing show that the beaches are clean. Closing local beaches is a crushing blow to communities that rely on tourist traffic during the summer. Dedina likens it to closing Main Street in his town. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. More than 8,500 people in San Diego County are homeless. That's according to the most recent point-in-time count. KPBS reporter John Carroll tells us about a vigil to bring attention to the crisis. Nineteen tents were set up Thursday afternoon on the lawn of Waterfront Park. A tent vigil meant to call attention not just to the problem of people not having places to live, but to who those people are. San Diego Emergency Housing Alliance lawyer Colleen Cusack. Five percent of our population in San Diego are black and yet 24% of our homeless population are black. The tents spelled out two different messages. On one side, the words housing, not handcuffs, and on the other, end criminalization. One speaker said the problem isn't with resources, rather it's the lack of compassion for our brothers and sisters who live on the streets. John Carroll, KPBS News. And you'll want to stick around. Coming up, the San Diego Zoo welcomed a new addition. That story and more after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. San Diego's Roman Catholic Diocese has made some big headlines over the past few weeks. First, its leader was tapped by Pope Francis to become a cardinal, passing over senior and more conservative Catholic clergy. Then, San Diego's auxiliary bishop was chosen to become bishop of the Diocese of Phoenix, replacing a more conservative bishop. 
KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has a look at what those changes mean. Bishop Robert McElroy himself said he never imagined this could happen, a once-in-a-lifetime appointment to become a cardinal. It came as a surprise. Not a clue uh, that this was being contemplated or even possible. To many San Diegans, a good surprise. We announced it at church at all the masses. Everybody rejoiced and clapped. That's Pastor Peter Navarra of St. Joseph's Cathedral in downtown San Diego. He says for those who understand the hierarchy of the church, this election is very out of the norm. Yes, that kind of surprise because he broke the the format, you know, the tradition. Bishop Elkeroy, who was not an archbishop, and that made it more special because San Diego is now in the map. And weeks after McElroy's selection, Pope Francis again turned to San Diego to elevate another church leader. Please join me in welcoming Bishop John Dolan. Auxiliary Bishop John Dolan will leave San Diego in August to take over the Phoenix Diocese, replacing a retiring bishop known for being ultra-conservative. These are exciting and unpredictable and wild days for San Diego. Michael Lovett Collier is the head of Mission Integration at the University of San Diego. He says two like-minded leaders being placed in high-ranking positions in the church has significant implications, but that change started with Pope Francis. The earthquake with Pope Francis, the aftershocks are people like Bishop Dolan being elevated to bishop, Bishop McElroy becoming the cardinal. Just days before he was named Bishop of Phoenix, we spoke with Dolan about McElroy's selection as a cardinal. He addressed some of the criticism from hardliners, saying much like Pope Francis, McElroy will lead with his heart. It isn't that he is trying to be conservative or liberal. He's really trying to focus on being a person who communicates at all times without drawing a line in the sand, because that never really helps. McElroy and Church Insider say part of the reason he was selected was because of his work on three issues that are near to Pope Francis's heart, immigration, inclusion, and the environment. McElroy will be the only cardinal on the West Coast and in a border city. Father Patrick Murphy runs Casa del Migrante, a nonprofit shelter for migrants across the border in Tijuana. He says a voice like McElroy's is needed in Rome. I think that's very strong symbolism on the part of Pope Francis, because he has this phrase, reaching out to people on the peripheries, and being at the borders, being in the peripheries. Women have long been on the periphery of church leadership, but McElroy made changes by appointing Maria Olivia Galvan as the first woman chancellor and director for pastoral ministries in the diocese. That is something that we're starting to see more and more throughout the nation, but it's far from being a reality. He's a visionary. And environmental advocates like Mitch Silverstein from the Surfrider Foundation say having allies in positions of leadership matters. I think it's just crucial to, to all of us uniting to save our planet. Ultimately, Lovett Collier says this type of pastoral leadership will help usher in a new generation who have not seen themselves or their friends accepted in the church. People in those roles who operate in that way, who have those qualities, are often seen, especially by young people, as incredibly relevant, incredible, and authentic witnesses. Uh, and therefore, they're very effective in attracting people either to pay attention to the church in a new way or maybe even to get involved in a deeper way. 
McElroy will travel to Rome in August, where he will be installed by Pope Francis. Then he will return to San Diego to continue his work with a new title of Cardinal. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. A San Diego gallery is featuring and selling art by Ukrainians in an effort to help families who are still there in the midst of a war. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado visited the exhibit. Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the horrors of war are on full display inside the Bread and Salt Art Gallery in Barrio Logan. Every piece of art was made by artists in Ukraine during the darkest time in their lives. The pain evident in every inch of canvas, paper, and screen. Pain that Eugenia Brodsky, the curator, says must be seen and heard. Silence is also violence. So all of us, all of the Ukrainians, start to be very loud. And this, like, all of this works as they are like a scream. The exhibit is also a sale with all profits going directly to 25 pre-screened families who are still in Ukraine and in desperate need of help. The exhibit ends Friday. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. And isn't this the cutest thing? San Diego Zoo announced the arrival of an aardvark cub this week. It's the first aardvark to be born at the zoo in more than 35 years. The female cub was born on May 10th and hasn't been named yet. Aardvarks are native to sub-Saharan Africa, and their name means earth pig. They're nocturnal and have long, sticky tongues to slurp up ants and termites, of course. The zoo's cub and her mom, Zola, won't be out and about for visitors to see right away. They'll be bonding for about two months first. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.